is Saturday, December 26, 2009, and this is Radio Wave. Thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje, and over the course of the next hour, we'll be discussing with him the message we received yesterday through Maria for the world. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask that you open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Mary, it's with great joy and great privilege that we be able to come before you in prayer on this day of 25th, this day of joyful expectation, uh, actually from yesterday for Christmas, but this whole season that we wish to share the same as the night your, Jesus, your son, was born. So we pray that you open our hearts and our ears and that we hear the promptings of the Holy Spirit of what you want us to discuss, as well as to share your message, as you so said in the message. Our Lady, Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. Well, we want to, as always, thank you for welcoming us in your homes. It's just always the great joy of being able to see the message. And, of course, this is the day after the 25th. But um, nevertheless, it still has a great importance that we are able to share with you these words of Our Lady and discuss them. And, of course, other things with Medjugorje. So, Joan, why don't you start off and read Our Lady's 25th message to the world. Our Lady Queen of Peace of Medjugorje's December 25th, 2009 monthly message. Dear children, on this joyful day, I bring all of you before my son, the King of Peace, that he may give you his peace and blessing. Little children, in love, share that peace and blessing with others. Thank you for having responded to my call. Of course, this was a short message, and seeing this message was a um, something that always tends to strike out with me when I read it. And I, and I know this could be the same thing for you because it does apply personally. And also as a direction for us as, as the Medjugorje movement itself or everybody. So you got that application. It can be applied to, to the whole world and then all the way down to the individual. And, of course, it says, little children, in love, share that peace and blessing with others. If anything, it talks about the spirit of what Christmas has become, the secularization, the transformation of being this beautiful day of the birth of God. And we've turned it into something that uh, is completely secularized. 
And we have gone along with this Christians letting the, the secular lead us rather than we lead the secular. I know in town there's a, there's a station that changes, which is secular, to Christmas music starting Thanksgiving Day, I think, all the way to Christmas. And then there's an abortion takes place immediately Christmas night at midnight. It ends and they got all their pop stuff back on there. It's amazing. You know, it, it says that we're just doing this because we want to sell our advertisers the Christmas spirit to get you to listen to our stations to go buy at the malls and shop or buy the car, whatever they want to advertise. It has nothing to do with Jesus or, or in honoring him. And yet God is the God and the Lord over this radio station. And so their, their motivations are, are totally impure. There's no purity to it. And so what they share is not love. Allah says, in love share that peace and blessing. They're not sharing anything about the blessing of Christmas. They're only using you. They're using me. They're using all of us. And this can be said across the whole country, that we have people in charge of Christmas and following their dictates rather than they follow our dictates. And our dictates can be set them not by force, but by witness. And that's what our lady's whole plan is. I remember a priest. I remember a priest uh, in Missouri giving a homily once that was speaking about uh, Medjugorje and how he was a kid, or rather about Christmas in Ireland. And he was uh, said he loved to go to midnight mass because nobody had lights up. And when you came out, everybody turned them on, and the Christmas trees had gone up, and they were putting them up. And that's when Christmas began. And we've exchanged the birth of Jesus and those events after thereafter with the shepherds and the kings and all these weeks of, of the beginning of Christmas on forward to preparation for this, which the Bible speaks only about the visit, you know, the angel Gabriel coming to Mary, very little in comparison to what preparation was before as opposed to what happened afterwards. And everything begins there. And yes, I know it was prophetic, and the Old Testament spoke about this, but we followed a pattern that is not of, of the Christian spirit. And so our lady is here to us to give us these messages, to lead us on the way of salvation, to show us this way, and this way we've forgotten. And it's dictated, and, I, and more so than our pastors in the pulpit or your preachers in the pulpit, whatever denomination you belong to, by commercialism, by consumerism, the evil spirit that our lady has identified. It's nothing wrong with gifts. The three kings brought gifts to Jesus. And our celebration is sharing that. And so our lady comes and says, in love, share that peace and blessing with others. So whatever we're blessed with. And, and we spoke at Christmas apparition in the field at the moment our lady was appearing. The baby Jesus would be appearing with our lady. And, and in a prayer, I said at that moment, during the apparition moment, that, that we'd be properly disposed in our hearts for that blessing that Jesus was going to give us. Not a presumption. Not that it's owed to us, but this has been the past history of Medjugorje. The infant Jesus has appeared in our lady's arms and gives a blessing for the whole world. And it's better to know about that than after the fact not know about it and then find out about it. Because the joyful expectation, our lady said in, in November, uh, or rather December, to Mariana, uh, their children at this time of preparation and joyful expectation This expectation is what we're to look forward to. 
And so every Christmas we have this in our home in the loft, 1988, December 25th. Actually, yeah, the, the evening of December 25th, Our Lady appears with baby Jesus. We've got to realize this infant Jesus, and this gives some people problems. I don't have a problem with it. God can make Jesus whatever he wants to make him. But she carries him to the earth. He comes, and he gives a benediction. That's happened right here, right in our community, right in our home. Do we understand that? By no means do we. But we, what we can do is expect that this blessing has some profoundness to it, some power to us to lead us and change us to the way of salvation, which is to change the whole system, this whole false system that aborts Jesus the day after Christmas or even the midnight. Everything changes. Yes, there's some Christian stations playing Christmas music, but even that's lackluster. I know some of the stronger parts of the country where Catholic or in Europe, where they're, they're much stronger than that. But still, for, as a whole, we're changing and following a pattern that is, that is guiding us away from our Savior. So we have a message from Yaakov for the 25th also, which is a real joy. And this 25th message from Yaakov, he gets his apparition once a, once a year now. He lost the daily apparitions. And I say the word lost because he felt lost for two or three months. All he did was cry. And it happened in Miami, Florida. It was his last apparition. So he didn't have any warning. Suddenly, lady says, tomorrow will be your last apparitions. She confided the tenth secret to him. And it was one of the saddest days of his life. I know I talked to Mariana years ago while Yaakov was having his daily apparitions. And she told me, she says, he doesn't understand what's gonna, what it's going to be like. I know Maria was talking here a couple of years ago. We were sitting down on the couch. And she said, when she was uh, at one of the events we have here, and we talked about Lady's apparitions ending, and she just crossed her crossed her breast, you know, with her heart making making both uh, arms crossing her breast, and just like, oh, let's hope not. And and as a daily, she takes it for granted. She's not a, she's not in such a joy of expectation each day because it just happens. She knows it. But Mariana was speaking, Yanka, when he loses, he's not going to even grasp what this is like. And indeed, he's had it since he's 10 years old. And so we have the secularization of society, and we're losing God in our society, and we're starting to grasp that this is something really, really gravely wrong. And it's horrible. It's so empty. And so we're clinging to these things that we may have Jesus in us. So why don't you read uh, Yaakov's message yesterday, December 25th, his once-a-year apparition that he gets, and he joyfully ex expectation for him and it's, it's interesting i gave it to him on his christmas uh, mariana's is on January, uh, march 18th uh, ivanka's who normally sings our lady daily is on june 25th he got it for christmas i think some of that was pity because he was he's always known our lady his mother died he didn't have a father he died and uh, his mother died of course during the course apparitions but she she's been his mother so I think this is a special gift for him, and he really can live this message of joyful expectation. Dear children, all of this time in which God, in a special way, permits me to be with you, I desire to lead you on the way that leads to Jesus and to your salvation. My little children, you can find salvation only in God, and therefore, especially on this day of grace, with little Jesus in my arms. I call you to permit Jesus to be born in your hearts. 
Only with Jesus in your heart can you set out on the way of salvation and eternal life. Thank you for having responded to my call. Our Lady recently told us this past year, in fact, uh, do you permit me? She says in this message, do y'all go permit? I call you to permit Jesus to be born in your hearts. She said in one of her 25th messages, she says, do you permit me to purify your hearts? Uh, we could not have the birth of Jesus without that being who held him in her womb was in, in total purity, totally purified by her way of life, her actions. Mary never sinned. She was the only vessel ever that could carry Jesus. And yet, Ali says, do, I call you to permit Jesus to be born in your hearts. Go back to the message if you must back. Do you permit me to purify you? Why? Because she wants what she just said yesterday. Christmas Day. I call you to permit Jesus to be born in your hearts. You can't have him born in your hearts if you're not willing to be purified. If you're not willing to suffer, you're not willing to go through, through, through changing the direction of your life. This has to happen. And, and there's something that happens on Christmas. You know, people, society's gotten so far away from this celebration, and yet they still celebrate even when they don't want to. Even those who don't want to be part of it, there's something about the, 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 the season that you might even say magic. We know it's spiritual, but it's, it affects people. Uh, we have a person in the community who's from, raised in Paris, France, and says it's so gloomy all year long. Nobody smiles. Nobody, you know, is, is joyful. But in Paris, France, on Christmas, or right up to Christmas, Christmas Eve, everybody's happy. It's joyful. And you can go to all these countries and you'll see those who are fighting even Christianism, Christianism that there's something in this season that brings us joy. And it's grace. The person way out there in some place that we could never even imagine, in some, some inner city in some Beirut or wherever it may be, or something more godless in some of the bigger cities, uh, Jesus blessed them. They may not even understand it or feel it or sense it, but peace comes. Peace is at night. I've read a long time ago, statistically, uh, crime, that the police are not busy that night. That it's, it's one of these nights of crime and, and calls that they have. And that's why you hear in the songs often, uh, peace, peace in the cities, peace on earth. And so, yeah, you're always going to have the non-believers. You're always going to have the agitations. But still, something is a calming effect. And I, and I know it's Our Lady's giving a blessing. I know it's Jesus. And especially in these last 20 years, something's happening. We see a reversal. And that's what she's coming to reverse. So we have hope. There's always this, this saying that we have where people are deluded uh, and we've lost the ability to... to really find the good, to really see Jesus. And so you have this city of Paris where everything changes, but that's reflective of many, many places that don't have Jesus. New York, all, everything changes. And there's a lot of good people in New York, a lot of godly people, but still there's a lot there that, that fights the Christian spirit. So there's something that happens in the cities uh, down in the country. I know my son was telling me they just went halfway across the country with some about some cattle and stuff, and they said that, in the cities, people weren't very nice, but in the, the farms that they went to, the people were really nice. Their language was different. In the city, they just talk such bad words just like it's normal. And so there is a, a different thing in the rural areas, but on the city, everything is sensitive and everything's 
changed a little bit. And so uh, the spirit of Jesus can come to your place and at least this one day, this one day a year, we can have Jesus. We need to change it every day of the year. Windows in New York City All dressed up with ribbons and smiles Snow covers a park like a carpet and Bills on white carriages roll by in St. Patrick's Cathedral's all lit up When the doors open wide I can see All of those candles burning inside Looks like somebody's birthday party to me Snowy night, catch the light, shimmer bright
They were tired. It was cold. Such a long journey. The treasure carried would replace the old. Its value had been such that to touch the chest which carried the old brought the penalty of death. What importance would the new vessel have, carrying treasure vastly greater in value than the old? What was the vessel's treasure? A treasure that man, both good and bad, would seek after its wealth for ages? Ending the journey, the vessel and treasure were brought to a special place. There, the vessel opened. The treasure, Jesus, was born. Isaiah says, Come reason with me, saith the Lord. Since Adam, 80 billion people have lived and died. Out of billions, only one was entrusted with the greatest treasure ever. Only one held him to her breast. On winter nights, what thoughts must have gone through this breath of heaven, who cuddled he who was born of man, and yet God? Reason and think. Go deeper into the scriptures. Has any man ever known the love which existed between his mother and child? What wonders it reveals, what hope it gives for all the world. For God needed a mother for his son. The scriptures are alive. They speak more than the words we read. This Christmas, meditate, think, reason. The resting place exists to help you along this path. The gift shop that's much more. The resting place at Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. There's uh, n- never have, has it been in the world uh, the gift of of us being able to peer into the love of between Mary and Jesus. Uh, the world's never known that kind of love before. And while Jesus himself is referred to as love, which he is, this exchange between these two is really remarkable when you contemplate it. And actually, I was uh, listening to some music for tonight uh, in my kitchen earlier today, and we've got this beautiful oval thing above our entry into our kitchen of Mary and, and uh, baby Jesus. It's just a real sweet ceramic piece. And just looking at that, it just really struck me. This, you know, There's things that we'll, mysteries we'll never know about this exchange between these two. And and what was her thoughts on these nights? I remember writing this commercial for 15 years ago. They just played. And you can get so enraptured just in prayer, just contemplating that. There's so many things to see and, and uh, to learn to understand the mysteries of, of what is before us. And that's some of the things God's coming to really unravel. You know, it's like a, it's a mystery that Mary's coming, you know, eight, 28 years. It's a total mystery. And none of us that's alive today in the presence of these apparitions are going to understand that. They will much more to a degree than we are 50 years, 100 years from now, but not now. We're not going to grasp this. It's just no way. It's too big of a plan. It's too, the magnitude of it is so, such a, a greatness that I could not sit here for the next 24 hours and exaggerate it if I spoke about it. It's impossible. 
And our lady told Yaakov, all this time, not some of this time, or perhaps during this time you could think this. She says, all this time in which God, in a special way, not just a regular way, in a special way, permits me to be with you. I desire to lead you on the way that leads to Jesus and your salvation. We can't comprehend it. I added some words to that. Let me give you the clarity of just what she said. Dear children, all of this time in which God, in a special way, permits me to be with you, I desire to lead you on the way that leads to Jesus and your salvation. It's not your money. It's not your goods. It's not your relationships. It's not your family. It's not your house, your cars, your things, your job. It's none of that. Our Lady desires to lead you on the way that leads to Jesus and to your salvation. We need all those things I just said. But what we don't need is an inornate desire for these things. We need to be unattached to them. Some of the visionaries have been criticized for what they have. And I, I brought this up to Maria one time. And what do you say about people that, you know, about a house and this and this? She says, it's not a problem for me. I says, I know, but some people, it is a problem for them. She says, well, that's not my problem. I said, why is it not a problem for you? She says, because I have no attachment to these things. And it's true. Maria has so many people giving her gifts constantly. And the next visitor to come in, she gives these gifts to the visitors. <laughs> I mean, it's like a, you know, she does have a little problem with attachment. Because she, people always bring her clothes. And, and, and she'll send a friend up to her closet because she says, I don't want to, I always pick over the best ones. I'm biased a little bit. So she said, go get something out of my closet and go give it to so-and-so who's here. And so she, she tames that attachment. She just gives it in somebody else's hands. You know, it's like the philosophy you learn with your kids when they want to, they want, they be, you only have one cupcake left and they want uh, each half and then they're going to fight over which is the biggest. And the way we settle that is you, you let the, uh, one of them cut it and then they get to, the other gets to choose the half. You're going to be measuring that thing exactly right and they're going to make that as equal as possible. And, and it's that way Maria is doing that same principle. So, she knows how to tame her, even her innate desires. Hey, I ain't going to mess with it. You know, it's the same way the kids. I'm not going to battle with them. You cut the cake, and then the other gets to choose which piece he wants. So, our lady's giving us these things and showing us that our attachment to these things in Christmas, and it's so much about materialism, that it's Jesus that's important. She goes on and says to Jacob, My little children, you can find salvation only in God, and therefore, especially on this day of grace. With little Jesus in my arms, I call you to permit Jesus to be born in your hearts. But did you catch that? My little children, you can find salvation only in God. What is people's gods? It's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it, it really is. It's their job. They hold on to this thing. You know, and we've talked so many times about it before, the cell phones, all this thing, you know, it, how people just fondle this instead of the Bible. I mean, it's just such a attention that they have focused on. And prayer is life. Prayer is everything. If everybody just gave the attention to do the things that they could do to prayer, our, our world would be changed. Actually, our, the aperture would end. There's no need to come here. Mission achieved, God. To purify the rest, but everything's done. So that's her great struggle is to make this happen because she wants us to adore Jesus. And this expectation we have of, of coming before this manger in this season this beautiful 
beautiful thing. We we know we went we go to an old church uh, in Birmingham. The whole community does. It's a beautiful church. I've been all over the world talking in churches across Italy, every place. And I love this church more than anything. Uh, it's just tastefully done. It was built in a depression. It was built with immigrant, you know, not necessarily immigrants, but with that mentality. And and it's beautiful. But last night, the kids got around the altar, and they have a manger scene underneath it. And some of the women, when the kids get close to these nativity things, they, they almost went crazy. You know, like they're going to break them. You know, they're just statues. Of course, we don't want them to break statues, but they were having such a joy, and, and it, it spoils things. It takes away the joy out of it because we're so interested in it. Yeah, go up there and be patient with them, say, you know, don't touch this or, you know, watch that. But it, it was, it was, it, it's an inornate protection. You know, I've, I've used to say years ago, my wife collected angels. And I've, you know, we had six boys come to our house, now, now a daughter, but through that period of time with all the boys, uh, there's not one in the, I mean, we've got probably two, three hundred different angels from here and there on the wall, everywhere, even in our bathroom. And all of them is, is, has broken wings or broken legs and glued back together. And, I, I, you know, I used to say she runs Angel Hospital. But we're not attached to these things. And so with Christmas in the season, we need to understand that we're, we're to adore Jesus, not things. We're to follow him and bow down to him with this expectation like the three kings. They came to him. With expectations, they expected something to see, expected the, the, the journey to see a palace. They didn't come to see a little humble house. They expected to see somebody crowned, you know, with a crown, not a little baby. And yet they still bowed down to him. The expectation was just a total mystery. Uh, it, it, it exceeded anything they ever dreamed of. And it's so perfect the way Jesus came. And we need to come now in this season, these days now. And really adore Jesus in a special way. Bow down before him. Ask him into our heart and let him be born in our heart.
This love affair between Jesus and his mother, uh, Our Lady wants to invite us in that. Can you imagine something so intimate that to have this mystery that we can't even grasp, uh, this exchange of, of between her and him, and not guard that? In other words, not let anybody between the two of them. And I know when Jesus went off his mystery, ministry when he was 30 years old, Our Lady knew she couldn't stand in the way of him. She knew where he was going. She knew what she had to do. Uh, and she stepped aside. And that love uh, was torment for both of them because she knew it was the will of God. And so we have to ask ourselves, how much do we do the will of God? How much do we do our will? And, and uh, I know often people have children and they, they, wanna, they don't want to just release them. And they don't want to just let them go find their way in, in, in many ways. Uh, not, not necessarily in a, in a way that the world would grab them and put them in college and start dictating everything. But um, they, want, they want what they want for them, in other words. Instead of, and that's a different thing, formation. You should be forming your children. You should give them formation. At the same time, uh, I know it's, it's spoken about in Italy. A lot, a lot of the Italian men, you know, they're, they're still sitting at home 36, 40 years old because their mama wants them there, and we've, we've, we've seen this. And so, you know, they don't want nobody entering that relationship. And it's incredible that Mary has this, this exalted uh, exchange of love between the two of them, Jesus and Mary. And yet she, she says today, in love, or yesterday, the 25th, in love, share that peace and blessing with others. That she invites us in that, become the brother of Jesus. Because she's our mother. She's the spouse of the Holy Spirit. God's our father. We're in the family. We're brought in. And, and the thing is, is, we're not even pure. We're sinners. And so we're given such a privilege that it's, it's important for us to contemplate just that love. And you can't help but fall in love with our lady. Just the love that when we see what she went through for us and how she did things and how she gave birth and the whole circumstances and not saying, well, why are you doing this to me, God? This is not the way. I, I know it's not going to be a palace, but, but a, a cold manger. On November 30th, we, did a, we, started, we started a novena for um, the next 25 or 30 days, 25 days, I guess. It starts on November 30th, St. Andrew's, Feast of St. Andrew's. It's called, I think it's called the Feast of St. Andrew's Novena, correct? And we did this last year, a couple years ago. We had some special attentions for the community we wanted to pray for. But you say 15 times this one prayer, but the words of it are so beautiful. And as I prayed this last night, my last night, Christmas night, uh, it dawned on me that was in the Novena. And it's just a beautiful expectation leading up to this that you feel you're going to be granted what you're asked for. It's not like maybe or is it going to happen. You feel so strong. You might have to work for it. You might still have to fast for it, sacrifice for it. But it's beautiful. But 15 times each day, we said since last November 30th to yesterday, December 25th, and I'm going to continue through the season myself. I don't know if y'all are. Did you make that decision? Am I putting you on the spot? Your speakers are off. Okay. We'll pass by. Anyway, the prayer says, Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem. In piercing cold, in that hour, that safe, oh my God, 
to hear my prayer and grant my desires through the merits of our Savior Jesus Christ and his blessed mother. Amen. It's just a beautiful, simple thing, 15 times a day to say. But to me, this, this in anticipation of Christmas and in the novena, it just helped build love, love for Our Lady. And I can't appreciate her enough. I can't say enough and I can't love her enough for what she's done for me, a sinner. And you the same. And so we have last night and continuing a grace that we're not able to, to really see in the correct way. We're not able to see it in a, in a way that's uh, possible for Our Lady to, to make us see it, that we can hold it and physically touch it. But through prayer, we can comprehend more and greater the grace comes to us through this. God, all-powerful, could bring His Son into the world any way He chose. He chose the structure of the family. Family is therefore the most sacred institution which exists. It is why Jesus, Mary, and Joseph are referred to as the Holy Family. Family is to be a holy way of living. Satan hates holiness and therefore hates the family. Today's families need a model. Meditate on the Holy Family, which brought heaven to earth. Ancient Christian mystics tell us little Jesus, being raised between two pillars, whose love was as pure as fire, did not even miss heaven, for it existed in his home. Does your family and home reflect the Holy Family? Come to the Resting Place, a gift shop to help your family on the path to holiness and surroundings to reflect the same. The Resting Place at Caritas of Birmingham. You're listening to Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. So Our Lady gives us this special message of um, joy. And it, just following this, we know December 2nd, 2008, a year ago, Our Lady says, Dear children, in this holy time of joyful expectation, and she repeated this this past December 2nd, but this is a year ago, December 2nd. In joyful expectation, God has chosen you, the little ones, to realize his great intentions. My children, be humble through your humility. With his wisdom, God will make of your souls a chosen home. This Christmas, she says, Jesus be born in your hearts. See, the thread that connects these are incredible when you look at them overall. Not just what they say to you in that moment, but the overall things that she illuminates. She goes on and says with this, you will illuminate it with good works and thus with an open heart. You will, you will welcome the birth of my son and all his generous love. See, it's incredible. She says, you will open with an open heart will welcome the birth of my son. And Yaakov says, I call you to permit Jesus to be born in your hearts. These things are a continuing conversation, a continuing love affair with us to save us. And it's not just independent messages and the only way to even look at these and interpret these things and these messages is to look at them uh, as a template and a continued conversation our lady is constantly present with us in a way that's 
just like talking to your mother or your father even or a good friend. Marie often says, you know, I come to know Our Lady as a friend. It's not just my mother and not just the glorious queen. She's somebody that can, that can be in confident with, a special confidence. And so this conversation and these messages that take place, you begin to see that these, these messages are far more profound, uh, far more deeper. And there are templates, as we've been speaking so much about this past year, a template that you can put across any circumstance, anything that can happen. And circumstances may be good, they may be bad. But remember, 10% of everything is circumstance. 90% is what your attitude is. So you can form a bad circumstance to a good by good attitudes. You can form good circumstances, that 10%, by bad attitudes, 90%. And everything's bad. Some people go through life blessed immeasurably, with immeasurably blessings. Can't be calculated. And yet their attitude's so bad toward these things that they form that into something bad. And yet, on the other hand, all these messages are to show us how to take 10% if it's a bad thing to look at it in a good way and have a proper attitude. That's the message. The messages are attitude formation, attitude changes, attitude mentalities. You know, we say, uh, the saying, uh, see the world through rose-colored glasses, and that was in some ways a mockery, but at the same time, that's what everybody wants to see, everything in good, uh, everything and never see, never see bad. And so when we look at that and we look at what Our Lady's about and how she, uh, there's so much sorrow, so many difficulties, attitude changes those sorrows. There's so much sorrow this Christmas and so many families and so many lives across the world. It's incredible. And yet you can still be joyful. You can still change that according to your attitude, how you look at that. Well, at least, at least we're, I have this or at least I have Jesus at least I have our lady, whatever it is, no matter how impoverished or bad or worse or circumstance or relationships broken or family busted up, you still got our lady. You still have Jesus. And so you have everything with that. Jesus is everything. And our lady wants us to see these things. She wants us to form different attitudes about our, our circumstances. You know, she said in her 25th message yesterday, on this joyful day, joyful, how many sorrows in the world right now? It doesn't matter about the sorrows. That's the circumstances. But she has an expectation. She says, I bring all of you before my son Jesus. That expectation that we have properly formed attitudes through this template of the messages, these rose-colored glasses that she wants us to put on to see good in everything. Uh, there's a poem that we have, we have actually framed, we had years ago, about Our Lady that speaks really in, in so many ways about this, about uh, seeing every, an evergreen and everything. And Joan, if you want to go ahead and read that. It's called Our Lady of Evergreens. Evergreen, ever fresh, ever fragrant, like the sturdy pine, fir and you, Mary endures. While other trees lose their leaves and their green freshness changes into bleak, bare limbs silhouetted against winter skies, the evergreen trees remain evergreen. In the midst of bitter cold, against the wintry winds, 
and bleak blankets of snow. The evergreens stand staunch and true, reminding me that the green of spring will come again. In my life, when there's a drought and all turns brown, when there's a freeze and all turns to ice, I can look to the enduring evergreens, those pines, firs, cedars, and yews, promise me that the world will once again turn green, with new buds bursting forth, flowers blossoming, birds nesting, bleakness turning to beauty. For me, for you, Mary, like her son, is the evergreen that decorates the landscape of life, a promise of spring after winter, life after death, resurrection. And for those who've been here, we, of course, now in winter have all the deciduous trees, which are oak and different various willow oaks and, and um, dogwoods, all of our trees out there, sycamores, all of them lose their leaves. But right there stark in that field is that great pine, that one evergreen, which brings life. And it, and it represents something very sacred to us. Uh, there's the story on the way to Bethlehem that when Jesus came back with Mary and Joseph, they stopped underneath the great pine. And this is in the poem Man God, written by Maria Vitorta, who is a mystic, who the church says we can read these books, just don't come supernatural at this right now, and, or, or just don't at all. We know how the church works, you know, and that's that happens. But in the poem Man God, it speaks about that they would stay on this great pine, and Our Lady chose to appear in the field with this, this evergreen pine in the field. And it always represents something beautiful with us in life and Our, and our Lady. And so we see these things, that this template of messages is to be our rose-colored glasses, to see good in everything, to see Jesus in everybody, as, as the Scripture relates. You know, even in the worst, worst person, you still have a soul, and you're just, you're to find that Jesus in them. That's what Mother Teresa used to speak of all the time. And so... The temple of these messages are to see that. Our Lady came in gold yesterday. And so we could say everything looks better in gold. Everything looks better in green. It's life. Life represents green. And of course, people are hijacking that word now to mean it's something else ungodly uh, with the environmental movement. At the same time, the, the, it does, it's not to be hijacked. We as Christians to hold it because it does represent something. Not bearing, but something with life. And so looking through these glasses, looking through the messages, templating and everything, we can always find something good because everything looks better in gold and green. And once we do that, our life changes, our attitude changes, and circumstances are reformed to mean something positive, and we can cope with them much better. Christmas trees and window panes Shimmering where tinsel the butter light of candlesticks chases snowflakes off the bricks. The postman is shivering with packages he's delivering, ribbons pull and try. She's waiting warm inside And everything 
first way to change your circumstances is your attitude. How do you see it? What do you look at? What's negative in you? Our lady once said, turn all negatives into positives. It don't matter. It doesn't matter what situations have happened, where you find yourself. What lifts you up is attitude. The formation of that which the message is about. And if there's any New Year's resolution you need to make is take your circumstances and those that bring you misery and decide for change of those circumstances by a change of attitude. I think we quoted recently about a coach who said, how do you keep uh, a positive attitude? Or, it was actually about motivation. And he said he gets rid of everybody unmotivated. So he's left to have motivations. If you're around somebody negative constantly, it brings you down. And if you're negative all the time, you're bringing other people down. Where's the happiness? Our lady said today, joyful. On this joyful day, or I'm sorry, again yesterday. On this joyful day, 
She's more aware of the, the misery in the world than any of us. She sees it. She speaks of it. And in fact, she talked last year, January 2nd, and that's always an important message, which is coming up next week, the 2nd of January, the Day of Dharma Believers. She said on 2009, on January 2nd, Dear children, while great heavenly graces is being lavished upon you, your hearts remain hard and without response. My children, why do you not give me your hearts completely? I only desire to put in them peace and salvation. My son, with my son, your soul will be directed to noble goals and you will never get lost. Even in greatest darkness, you'll find the way. My children, decide for a new life with the name of my son on your lips. This is a heart-rendering message to Our Lady, of course. And yet it's just a few days after Christmas last year. So she's well aware of the sorrows and the difficulties and the crosses we all carry. At the same time, we're to wear these circumstances with joy. Be joyful carriers of my peace. And so if these new resolutions need to be made in your life because you're, you're so down on so many circumstances, you're at fault. You've got everything with these messages to change the circumstances. Everything. And the most sorrowful Christmas can be the most joyous according to what you decide, not anybody else. They didn't make you do it. They didn't make you mad. They didn't make it that way. You allowed yourself to get that way. Jesus could have got angry at the Via Del Rosa. God could have got angry because they wouldn't let Jesus, uh, Mary and Joseph in the end for his son. And yet the angels were rejoicing. Nobody said, hey, shepherds, come on down here. We got to go to the cave over here. And this is a bad situation. And, you know, we wanted something better. Now, there was jubilation. Nobody's talking about the negative. They saw everything in rose-colored glasses. The angels, the shepherds, everybody. Joy. And it's yours for the taking if you want it. And so it is. We, we bring to you something that we coined years ago just by the Holy Spirit from Birmingham to Bethlehem. Uh, a joy, and, and we, we see miracles in our life here. And our God is always trying to remind us of these miracles. And while you can apply that birth 2,000 years ago to modern day to, to circumstances today, uh, whatever it may be, you can always bring joy and have that joy with it when you relate to what the circumstances were God found his only son in. Christmas Eve in Birmingham It's a long, long way from Bethlehem Mary and Joe live outside of town On an old run-down farm Mary said, Joe, you better get the car My contractions ain't that far apart But that falcon stalled after 60 yards out behind the barn So away to the stables Go Mary and Joe Now it's not much shelter But it keeps them from the cold Mary's hurting Joe prays to God Oh The Bethlehem miracle tonight in Birmingham. 
Kerosene lantern is the only light Joe said, Mary, don't give up the fight She's gonna keep pushing till the baby cries If it takes her last breath Then as the dawn begins to break Across the fields, valleys, and the lakes Baby's cry greets the light of day Merry Christmas and God bless Now away in the stables Lay Mary, the baby, and Joe Now it's not much shelter But it keeps them from the we are nearing the end of the broadcast this evening and just to uh, remind you that the next broadcast will be uh, this coming Thursday of course that's the Medjinomic show of placing the template of Our Lady's messages over uh, your financial problems difficulties viewing these situations through the messages uh, that will be this Thursday at 12 noon central time and you will find uh, that on Medjugorje.com and the second of the month broadcast will take place uh, next Saturday at 7 p.m. That's uh, Saturday, January 2nd at 7 p.m. And we will see each other at the same time and at the same place. So we'd like to say goodnight to you in a special way, especially to all the people who listen. And we know we have many countries listening. One of those would be Canada, Portugal, Australia, just all those we wish you from Birmingham and across the whole United States, all those who are listening. A very Merry Christmas. And to remember that these, these few words, in love, share the peace and blessing with others. It's not what we got, what we receive, but how we share it with each other. And not just through meanness or through nonchalant or indifference, but in love, she says, to share. And so we leave you with these words. We look forward to being with you again next week on the second of the month. And we wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and know that our joy is with you. And our prayers are also. Good night. We love you. We wish you, Our Lady. <laughs>